When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. AdFreeShows.com has two can't-miss events this April. April 5th, the Nature Boy will join AdFreeShows members to watch his WrestleMania 8 title match against the Macho Man Randy Savage 30 years later. And then we'll celebrate 25 years since Barely Legal 1997 with Taz and Sabu joining us for a live watch-along on April 14th. This is your chance to watch your favorite wrestling moments with your favorite wrestling stars exclusively at AdFreeShows.com. You know, I get the question all the time, Conrad, I know you help people save money and you help people refinance, but could you actually help me buy a house? Yeah, buddy. Come on now. Buywithconrad.com is your hookup. And let me give you a heads up. You don't need a huge down payment to buy a house in 2022. In fact, you may not need a down payment at all. There are still loan programs out there that can get you out of your apartment and into a brand new house with no money down. And I know it sounds too good to be true, but buddy, we're doing it pretty routinely. And you don't have to be a veteran, but yeah, we can still help our veterans get into a house with no money down. But more importantly, we're going to help you get on the path to buy a house this year. You see, a lot of times we have these conversations and folks say, well, I've got a little bit of time left on my lease, or I'm not sure exactly when I'll be ready, or how much of a down payment do I need to save up? My advice, don't get ahead of yourself. Let's start the pre-approval process. Let's know what your new house payment could look like. You'll tell us how much down payment you want to have. Maybe the answer is zero. That's cool. And then you'll tell us what you want your monthly payment to be. And then you go shopping for your dream home. But step one starts at buywithconrad.com. And hey, did you know that when you go to file your taxes as a homeowner, you're going to get a statement back from your mortgage company that's going to say, hey, you can write off this amount of interest this year. How much of your rent are you writing off this year? None of it. Oh, and by the way, what's your interest rate on your rent? Well, that would be 100%, pal. You know you can do better than 100% interest. That's what rent is. Stop throwing your money away. And by the way, we can even help you get rid of your current house and get into a better house if you already have a house but you think, you know what, it's time for a new place. We can help you at buywithconrad.com. That's buywithconrad.com, B-U-Y with Conrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And be sure to ask about our green light underwrite. We can actually get your file completely underwritten, and that allows you to negotiate like a cash buyer at buywithconrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to my world. And of course, we couldn't do it without the Hall of Famer. Unbelievably, I'll admit it. A damn four horseman. Maybe the worst for maybe not the worst for he was a horseman for a cup of coffee. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, double J, Jeff Jarrett. The binge walking uh, watching binge walking binge, binge walking. Yeah, what the Conrad? You, got you are all- the original. Original. Okay, now we're gonna butcher the English language again. No, you're How binge walking. I haven't How we been- do- you can look at me and tell I don't binge walk. You don't binge watch, but you binge walk, but you do binge watch. I do binge watch, but I don't binge walk, and you can't do either. Conrad, 
overwhelming support online, not just the Jeff Jarrett uh, feed, the Conrad Thompson feed, the ad free shows feed. Desperate Housewives has a lot of viewers out in uh, Twitterverse. Oh, I'm I'm well aware, well aware, and you're one of them. Uh, that's we're gonna get a Desperate Housewives shirt over at AdFreeCares.com. Now, what the heck is that? You may recall we're donating a hundred percent of the proceeds from our T-shirt sales this year to St. Jude's Children's Hospital. It's myself, Eric Bischoff, Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and of course, good old Double J. Uh, the Kurt Angle show's got some shirts up there too. Check it out right now. Adfreecares.com. Now, before we made this switch, Jeff, our shirts were like $24.99. Now they're $17.99. So not only are they a lot a whole lot more affordable, they're also 100 percent going to benefit St. Jude's. Not one dollar of this goes to Jeff Rowe. Not one dollar of this comes to me. One hundred percent. Every single nickel goes to the kids who need our help at St. Jude's. So Take a look, support your favorite podcast, support a great charity and something we can all get behind in St. Jude's at adfreecares.com. Of course, what you and I are most excited about as folks are listening to this, it's Tuesday and on tomorrow I'm headed West. My friend, I'm headed to Dallas, getting geared up for supershowlive.com. Don't forget to make plans to join us. Tickets are still on sale and you get maybe the ultimate VIP meet and greet experience. You're going to get to come in and enjoy a little bit of a fellowship. If you will, you got some stuff you want Jeff Hardy to sign. No problem. You got some swag. You want William Regal to sign. No problem. What about double J or easy E? Well, they're here too. And so can you it's supershowlive.com. And then we're going to be live on the air at seven o'clock central, eight o'clock Eastern. And we have a big surprise up our, our, our sleeve, maybe multiples, but one that I can confirm. We actually made the lower third for earlier today. I'm talking lower third because it's going to be on fight daddy. I'm sure pick a fight.com has it, but you can pre-order at super show live or anywhere else. And don't forget when you pre-order uh, six to eight weeks from now, what do you know? Little Jeff Hardy trading card action coming your way. And we've talked about that ad nauseum here on the program, Jeff, but trading cards have exploded in the more recent years. You just see what things are selling for now versus what they were a few years ago. And it's crazy right now. There are dozens of cards that are selling for hundreds of dollars from Jeff Hardy. And those were mass produced cards for TNA or WWE. This is going to be the most rare Jeff Hardy trading card of all time. The only way to get it, got to pre-order that pay-per-view daddy supershowlive.com. It's going to be fun, man. And that's your old stomping grounds. I mean, you used to get a lot of picture money out there. Take your shirt off, drop the top in that convertible Corvette, let that mullet flow and let the girls know. Double J's got more than a figure four for you. He'll strut right in there and he'll strut right out. Right on Conrad Thompson. You get, Hey, I don't want to bypass the, um, what did you just call it about the t-shirt? What's the website? Adfreecares.com. I, maybe I, I missed that and all that, but, uh, I shared that one text exchange, uh, that I had and the email w- with the group. Uh, kind sir, you are a good man. And it has resonated with a lot of folks. I am, uh, yep, folks, it was Conrad's idea or his thought process. And so really, really cool feedback and, uh, yeah, great calls, uh, goes without saying, but yep. Friday we're rolling in Conrad. Y- you said this is dropping on Tuesday, which will be tomorrow as we're recording this, you know, what's happening next Tuesday, Conrad, not to jump ahead of myself. What's that? 
Young Rock Zone. Did you see that photo I posted of that poor soul who had to do his hair? Speaking of mullet, as you were talking about the young picture money, you think he could make any picture money? <laughs> I, I don't even know how to respond to that photo. I feel bad for that guy. It's almost like he lost a bet, but yeah, I'll be watching. So will everybody else. We hope next Tuesday, though, you start with us and uh, we're going to talk about your return to the USWA, the end of Smoky Mountain Wrestling, and that double J feud. That's what we're doing next week, yep. but maybe stay tuned Adfreeshows.com, at least according to the rumor and any window, I heard a whisper that we might actually be trying to work to get the guy who's going to play double J on young rock to be a part of what we're doing at ad free. Is that right? We are working. I had a, uh, I can share this. I had a, um, I don't even know what you'd call this. He reached out a couple of weeks ago to have a uh, conversation, which was kind of bizarre to Hey, let's just, let's, let's just talk. And I'm like, and you want me to say anything? He said, no, just carry on. I've watched our, your film and all this. And and this guy's from Australia and a wrestler, Conrad, he's wow. a independent young wrestler. Um, but it was fascinating to see him kind of observe. And actually he had on his working boots cause he's trying to get the accent. So I'm excited to see how it all plays out and kind of surreal and kind of fun, but yes, I would love hell. I want to be a part of that ad free deal, but yes, uh, James. We are working, hoping that it lines up. He's an actor, uh, obviously, first and foremost by trade. So, yeah, going to get him to be a part of the family. Does uh, does Cody have any idea? Does your son Cody have any idea that you're going to be on Young Rock as a, well, not you personally, but you know what I mean, that you'll have a none. character on there? None. None. How excited is he going to be on a scale of 1 oh. to 10? And you know what? I'm surprised, though, Well, because I just posted it yesterday. And they released it and all that. My daughter just kind of looked at me, and she goes, you know how teenagers do what, what, what is this? And I said, what is this? His hair. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> do you see the picture right next to it? She goes, yeah, but what is this anyway? So she thought it was kind of cool, but kind of probably a little humiliated that her father used to have hair like that way back when I'll be honest. It is a little, what is this for all of us? Uh, but I can't wait to watch it. Young rock is really an entertaining program. And I don't know what I expected, but I think both Megan and I sort of went into it with our arms crossed. Like, yeah, what is this going to be? And it actually wound up being pretty fun. And a lot of it reminds Megan of, oh man, this is the good old days when she was growing up and it was a big part of her life. And I hope everybody checks it out. Think the world of, uh, of Brian, who's, who's sort of the brains behind that program. And, Mm -hmm. um, it's going to be fun. I'll be checking it out, but of course I'm going to start my day next week right here with you doing what we do talking old school wrestling, but right now, man, we're going to do what we were supposed to do last week. And mm, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this because I feel like this is a guy who, who doesn't really get his just due. We're talking Lance Russell and Lance was born on March 18th in Memphis, Tennessee. That's the reason we were trying to pay homage to him last week. But with the news of Scott Hall passing, we called an audible, but the impact that Lance had on professional wrestling is probably not nearly as great as the impact he had on so many folks in Tennessee who really grew up with Lance. Explain what we're talking about there. Wow. See, and, and modern day uh, Conrad, this is to, to, to properly do this. I won't do it justice because me personally, the role Lance played in a young, just, I mean, so wet behind the ears, uh, 
young baby face. We'll get to that throughout the episode. But to get sort of a set point of Lance Russell, I don't want to say he's the first, but I'm not aware of, you know, you had Gordon Soley and, you you know, different eras and different territories around the country. Um, but, you know, Lance, maybe, I, I don't know, Conrad, of any other, he was an executive. He was a, uh, a baseball commentator. He was a dance show commentator. He was a businessman. Um, you know, as we get into, uh, I'll call it the, the 60s when, when it really started affecting um, my family and, and the pro- uh, professional wrestling business in Memphis, he was the program dis- director of the ABC affiliate. Um, we're going to talk about how he was so, if there's no Lance Russell, there might not be a Jerry Lawler. And if there's not a Jerry Lawler, what is the Memphis territory in the modern era from 75, six, seven till early nineties? Uh, you know, j- just the, Lance was one of those guys, a businessman, unbelievable, uncanny ability to conduct interviews and to be a show host. He had a style all in unto himself. And I think back of sportscasters, you know, me being the sports junkie and, you know, John Madden uh, recently passed away that nobody really will ever duplicate Madden because of his larger than life personality, but so real and authentic. And you felt like you knew him. People felt like they knew Lance and Dave and we'll get into Lance and Dave's relationship, but Lance is the, um, and you know, modern day Conrad is another thing when I was reading through the research and I read through the research a couple of times on this one, just trying to jar my memory. I thought to myself, you know, Lance really wasn't a play by play guy. He's not a color commentator, like a modern era. That's what you see, you know, Pat McAfee headed to his dream, uh, situation this weekend, but he's really a modern age color commentator in this era, Lance. He's like a Southern mean gene to me, but you know, Lance could carry on a story and I'm going to go already way off the beaten path, but Lance's voice now Lawler in the Memphis Mid-South Coliseum, we'll call it the live event during that day, Conrad Lance would sit at ringside and he was the ring announcer, but he also did by himself most of the time commentary on the matches throughout the night. And he wouldn't do the opening matches, but he'd do the last couple because they were going to do inserted, but on Lawler on main event every night, he had the way Lawler's telling the story. As our bud, Jim Ross says, Lawler was playing the music, Yes, but you know, Lance was writing the lyrics and Lance, the way he would set up Lawler selling Jerry Lawler, a legendary slow starter. Well, I'll translate that into Lawler's putting his opponent over and not throwing punches and certainly hadn't pulled the strap down. But uh, this episode is going to be a blast. Uh, you can already tell uh, Lance Russell is such a very, very important figure, not just in my family, but I believe in the Memphis territory. And we'll get into the, the single biggest thing that I think Lance contributed to the professional wrestling industry in it might surprise you, Conrad. I know you already know what it is, but our, our listeners will, I, I won't get too far down the road. I'll let you uh, lead this story. Kind sir. Passion drive and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Comatier. Comatier is the first coffee you melt to make. It's delicious. It's quality coffee that's ready in seconds. Comatier's freshly brewed coffee arrives flash frozen inside the world's first 100% curbside recyclable capsule. It's super simple to melt your way to hot or iced coffees, lattes, and so much more. There's no machines or expensive equipment needed. It's incredibly simple, fuss-free, and mess-free coffee. This has been a home run in my house. If your wife loves coffee as much as mine, buddy, this is a pro tip. Cometeer's brewing process captures over 2,000 flavor compounds that exist in a single coffee bean. Cometeer offers a wide variety of light, medium, and dark single origin and blended coffee roasts from the very best specialty roasters. The brewed coffee is then immediately flash frozen at minus 321 degrees Fahrenheit all inside of a recyclable capsule to lock in the freshness and the flavor. Cometeer has discovered the best way to brew, preserve, and deliver delicious coffee to your home. Now you melt to make this. All you need to do is add water to enjoy it, hot or cold. With Cometeer, you can have a high-quality, balanced cup of coffee and the time it takes to boil water or fill a glass with ice, all for a fraction of the price of cafe coffee. Cometeer is delicious black or however you normally enjoy your coffee. And unlike those other pods, Cometeer capsules are 100% curbside recyclable. And I got to tell you, I wasn't too sure about this. It felt a little out there. And then my wife took a sip and said, duty, this is it. That's right, boys and girls. We are now cometeered all around the Conradison. It's our absolute favorite go-to coffee. And here's the deal, man. You might even say we were once upon a time coffee snobs. Now coffee's more her thing, but buddy, I've bought so many gizmos and gadgets and it doesn't get any easier than this. And the flavor is out of this world. Cometeer brings you the best coffee on the planet. It's incredible. And don't just take my word for it. Experience it for yourself and try the coffee you melt to make brewed exclusively in partnership with award-winning roasters. And we've got a special deal for you right now. Save $20 off your first order when you sign up at cometeer.com slash myworld. That's C-O-M-E-T-E-E-R.com slash myworld. And we thank Cometeer for sponsoring the podcast. All right, guys, check this out. I'm so excited to share this with you. We've been working on it for a long time, and we've got two incredibly special events coming your way I can't believe this is real, but we're celebrating the 25th anniversary of one of the most important pay-per-views in history. One of my personal favorite pay-per-views in history. Of course, I'm talking about barely legal 1997 ECW's very first pay-per-view Paul Heyman convinced the boys and us, the fans that this was the dance. And finally, we were going to see Taz and Sabu. Boy, they built that match for what felt like years. And now they're finally going to hook it up only on pay-per-view. And I can't believe this is real. 
buddy, the 16 year old in me is so excited for this. We're going to have Taz and Sabu do a watch along of that match and take your questions about barely legal 1997. What was going on in front of the camera, but more importantly, what did we not see behind the camera? These guys have never done this before, but they're going to do it together with us on April 14th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And yes, you can be there. Yes, you can ask questions. It's all happening at adfreeshows.com. But buddy, before that, do we have something special in store? I'm talking April 5th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Mark your calendars down. The nature boy. That's right. Ric Flair is going to join us live as we watch back his classic WrestleMania eight title match. It's Ric Flair, the macho man. It's for the world title and it's 30 years this year. Can you believe it? It's been 30 years since WrestleMania 1992. And we are going to talk about what could have been with WrestleMania eight. I think everybody expected it to be Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair. Instead, it was the macho man. And what a match it was, by the way, these are both happening at adfreeshows.com. A $29 level membership on adfreeshows.com gets you a seat for not one, but both events along with the access to all the content on the site or become a top guy member to come up and ask your questions live with Taz Sabu. And yes, the nature boy that's two can't miss events in April at adfreeshows.com. That's the only place you can do this. Check it out. If you haven't already adfreeshows.com you don't want to miss this well l- let me ask this let's just time out because lord bless you you can't help but talk about wrestling and i wasn't trying to talk about wrestling uh lance did more than just call wrestling yeah so this is where you tell us what he did oh that's i i said that so he did a lot more than that he was the uh program director but he uh started in jackson tennessee to my knowledge working for nick Goulos, the promoter that, uh, came before my father. Uh, but that's where he got into wrestling, but he also did a dance show. He did minor league baseball. Um, he was a TV host. There you go. That's what I wanted to get is that these days television is different, right? I mean, you've got a million different things to choose from. I mean, look at just on our phones, what we've got. Uh, that's the stream and the websites and cable and broadcast. And that wasn't necessarily the case back then. And listen, everybody wants to talk about what Lance did in wrestling. And that's certainly what we're going to do here today. But a whole lot of folks in Tennessee grew up with Lance being a part of their entertainment. I mean, he was the consummate television voice and this isn't something that only existed with Lance. It existed with Dave Brown. Another name that we hear a lot from Memphis. Tell us about what his other background besides wrestling. What did Mr. Brown do? Yeah. And both of them were good business head, you know, business minded all, you know, when the cameras weren't rolling, but Dave Brown, and this is something that also that goes without saying it's a part of the secret sauce that it's one thing to have a wrestling announcer that you see on Saturday mornings or Saturday night talking about the dastardly heel doing this or the baby face doing that. But when you have your Mondays at six o'clock back in the day, also five, they added, but you know, Mondays at six and 10 all the way through Friday. And you have the guy saying, Hey folks, it's going to be sunny out there. It's going to be cloudy out there. The guy calling the weather, Dave Brown did local weather in Memphis, Tennessee, since I can remember. So Dave Brown being a constant presence, a legitimate household name 
in Memphis, Tennessee area. And, you know, uh, through the years, Nashville, Memphis, uh, I mean, Nashville, Louisville, and Evansville. But Lance Russell, the consummate host of everything but wrestling, you pair them up, and that's who called your Saturday morning wrestling. A huge, in my opinion, a huge contributor to the success. I mean, can you imagine? And I don't even want to give them a modern day, you know, analogy, but any late night, late late night show host uh, being play by play, and Al Roker uh, being your color commentator. I mean, just it's it's really hard to put it in words. The big, larger than life personalities that were calling your Saturday morning wrestling. I, I just, uh, I just love Lance and 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 just the story of, of how television was done in Memphis because you've got. You know, we know this is at its height going to have a 70 share. I mean, really think about that, but the credit the credibility that Mr. Brown and Mr. Russell brought to the program is really unbelievable. Now, Lance actually started broadcasting local wrestling in 1954 Jeez. working for Nick Goulas and Roy Welch, by the way, uh, my dad was born in 1957. Lance Russell was calling matches and involved in the wrestling business, holding the microphone three years before my dad was born. Wow. Unbelievable. But as we said, Lance didn't just do professional wrestling. He did minor league baseball. He did boxing. He did college football. He was even featured in a 1958 issue of billboard magazine because he was the host of the second adults dance party TV show in the country called lead out. Now, of course there was other shows like soul train and American bandstand, but Lance had his own. Uh, and he began in Memphis in 1959, calling matches for the NWA mid America. And eventually, of course, the descendant promotion was the CWA. You grew up listening to Lance Russell as a part of wrestling, right? It's the only voice I ever knew. I mean, from, uh, that my earliest memories, um, I, I was again, trying to think through like, who was the first football or basketball, you know, is there anybody in that? Cause I was always a sports watcher. There's a guy named Al McGuire that used to do college basketball, former coach of Marquette early days. I really thought he was good. Obviously Dick Vitale early days, but Lance was the first guy that I went, Oh, I knew him. I know this guy. I, you know, and I, I, I didn't, I know he worked with my dad at the time, not for my dad yet, but he's the guy. I, and, and he just, you know, there for a time, also, I grew up in Nashville, obviously, Nick Goulish's show, and Nick had Harry Thornton, which came out of Chattanooga. For, so for every now and then, I would hear different guys, but subconsciously, even back then, I'm like, that's not Lance. That's not Lance. Lance is the guy who calls wrestling, in my mind, from the earliest. No doubt about it. And, and, and Russell is the one who's going to help make the decision to stick Memphis wrestling on WHBQ TV at 1230 on Saturdays. Is that how you remember hearing it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, in, in this conversation, um, you know, it's one of those conversations, uh, you know, probably uh, have a chat with, with the two Jerry's at some point and dig into that. Hey, Conrad, that's an idea get the two Jerry's together. Yeah. Uh, but, but, um, seriously, j- just the ins and outs, but Lance, again, I'm going to go back to program director folks in, uh, the, the, the era that we're talking 60s, 70s, even early before cable television, big deal, biggest job, um, outside of the, the tip top guy, 
uh, at these local broadcast networks, but he made the decision uh, when to put wrestling on. And it just, um, you know, and I've heard 11 o'clock, uh, Conrad, I've heard noon, I've heard different, but Lance was instrumental in, in counter-programming cartoons. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. I don't know if you missed it, but we are doing something special in Dallas. It's happening on April Fool's Day, but you would have to be a fool to miss this opportunity. We've got William Regal on stage with a live mic. That's right. You're going to hear from him for the very first time about what really happened and so much more. Plus the elusive, the charismatic enigma, Jeff Hardy with a live mic in his hand to tell his story as only he can. And they're going to be joining myself, Eric Bischoff and Jeff Jarrett. It's super show time. And you can pick up your tickets at supershowlive.com. It's all going down Friday night, April 1st in Dallas. And if you can't make plans to join us there in person at supershowlive.com, pre-order the pay-per-view fight is doing this pay-per-view for us and it's on demand everywhere in the country but don't forget when you pre-order you get that awesome jeff hardy trading card i don't think jeff hardy's had a trading card that wasn't tna or wwe specific this is going to be very collectible it's worth more than the pay-per-view but you need to hurry and pre-order right now at supershowlive.com but boy the real value is joining us in dallas supershowlive.com we've got an unbelievable happy hour you'll get to get pictures and autographs with jeff hardy with eric bischoff with william regal and of course with double j jeff jarrett all before the doors open, you get the best seat in the house and you get to hear stories we've never told on the podcast. You can't find a better deal around than supershowlive.com. Seriously, price out meet and greets all you want. You add up Jeff Jarrett, you add in Eric Bischoff, you slide William Regal in there, and oh, how about a little Jeff Hardy sprinkle on top? Buddy, it's the best value around. It's supershowlive.com. Make plans to join us Friday, April 1st in Dallas, Texas. That's supershowlive.com. And if you can't be there, pre-order the doggone pay-per-view. You'll be glad you did. That trading card is going up, up, up at supershowlive.com. This year, it's time to get off the couch and get back into the bedroom. Blue Chew can help. Guys, we know that confidence can take you far in life. And when you feel confident, you're at your best, especially when it comes time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as both Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable form and at a fraction of the cost. You can take these dudes anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, the process is simple. Sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And here's the best part. It's all done online. So no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped directly to your door, all in a discreet package. And guys, I've heard the lady say there's nothing sexier than confidence. Well, BlueChew can help give you that confidence you need where it counts. And if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, Blue Chew can help. 
and we've got a special deal for our listeners. Try Blue Chew for free when you use our promo code MYWORLD at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's BlueChew.com. The promo code is MYWORLD to receive your first month free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. And we thank Blue Chew for sponsoring today's podcast. Let's also mention that putting wrestling in that time slot is a trendsetter. Uh, it's going to gain huge ratings, getting between an 18 and a 23 rating. The show got on a bad week, 18 on a good week, 23. For instance, uh, way back when, when Jake, the snake Roberts wrestled macho man, Randy Savage in like November of 1986 on NBC's Saturday night main event, they got a 9.7. Now, again, I understand we're talking about major broadcasts. That's a national program versus a regional stick, but Lord, an 18 rating, a 23 rating, just so we understand that's between a 60 and a 72 share at its highest. That's 350,000 viewers, which by the way, not saying that to be ugly. That's more than watch. I want to, again, let me state this again. I'm not saying this to be rude. The world has changed. Media has changed. There are more options, blah, blah, blah. Now they're still going to quote what they want to quote, but here's the reality at its highest it's getting 350,000 viewers, which right now today means more than impact more than new Japan. I mean, more than MLW add them all together. And they're not getting what Memphis was getting back then in one market. And, and we're talking about national properties versus just in one market. It's unbelievable. The success, something was, there was a secret sauce here. There was something special about this. Um, and let me just give you some more context, their DMA, their reach. There's only 1.4 million people that are, are, are in the whole area. Now you got to strip away those who don't have access to the channel. You got to strip away those who aren't actively watching TV. And that's how you wind up getting 60 to 72, but out of 1.4 million, including babies and elderly, just people with heartbeats in the area, 350,000 of them are watching this. It's unbelievable. When you think about it, station managers, see that across the board and everybody, all the other stations start to say, why don't we get some wrestling in here? And. In hindsight, a lot of folks think, man, if it wasn't for Lance, who already had that credibility and relationship, because a key part of getting people to do business with you, whether it's watching your program, buying a ticket to see you in a movie theater, going out to a live event or buying a house from you, refinancing your mortgage from you is they do business with who they, and I always say it, no, like, and trust. No like, and trust Lance checked all those boxes. So guys said, all right, I'll check this out. And again, remember, and I'm not saying this to be shitty these days, there's a thousand cable channels. There's 3000 streaming apps. Everybody's got the internet in their pocket. That did not exist back then. You had a handful of options and you're like, oh, I know that guy. Let me check this out. And they liked what they saw and they stuck in my research. I found it's the highest rated wrestling show in the United States for more than two decades. I'm going to run that past you one more time. <laughs> Monday night raw started in the early 1990s. So we're 20 some odd years later, I guess at this point, we're almost 30 years, but for two decades, more than two decades, this was the highest rated wrestling show. And at its peak, it outrated everything locally on prime time. 
except for the superstar shows like Dallas or three's company or happy days or all in the family. But imagine if you could put together for really what is a shoestring budget, because you think about what the budget of producing a product like Dallas was, and you think about what the budget existed in Nashville, Tennessee, and, and Steve Austin can tell you they weren't paying the guys a whole lot. Okay. We've established that Dutch even said, hell, some of us ain't even on food. Old J.R. Ewing was eating good. Dutch Mantel, raw potatoes, tuna cans. <laughs> But we've got a 60 or 72 share 350,000 people. Are you kidding? Do you know how many people that, I mean, especially out of not, not nationally in one market, I mean, babies and memals might not be for wrestling, but it's for 350,000 people, <laughs> Jeff, the success of Memphis. Uh, and that's what we're really talking about. Cause Lance Russell's legacy in wrestling uh, by and large is the success of Memphis because as a television product, it had no equal and he's the host. Uh, I, I think I'm really glad that we're talking about Lance today because his contribution to this is immeasurable, right? And you know, doing the podcast Conrad, and now we're uh, approaching our year anniversary. It won't be too far off and, and getting into this. And sometimes we do these podcasts and I may say, man, that was probably, I don't know if it's, that, that was too dramatic or overstated. And I don't want to do that. I just want to, you know, j- just be raw emotional on that, but it's very easy for me to draw the analogy. And we've talked on this podcast, also off this podcast about my grandmother, Christine Jarrett, just what an integral role, you know, she took a second job that radically changed my father's life and my life. No, no, no bones about it. But Lance Russell, same thing. You think about his journey through broadcasting. And at the end of the day, he's super successful, but man, oh man, did he have a passion for, for professional wrestling Takes him from Jackson, Tennessee, 90 miles down the road to Memphis. He gets in and he's getting his paycheck because he's a program director and successful in dance shows and all this kind of stuff. And says, you know what? I got a mindset that this show is so good. I'm going to put it, I'm going to counter program it and just see how it does. Not just a single or a double or, or even a triple. He hit it out of the park. Because again, it changed Memphis wrestling in so many ways. And then we talk about these numbers, Conrad. Here's what's to me at the very top of it. He kept them. He's the only guy. He's the only guy that you can say, yep, he was on top for 20 years. And Lawler's in that conversation as well. But a lot of talent came and went. Loads and loads and loads. Lance and Dave were the constant. It's just that simple. And, you know, from a creative perspective, no disrespect to either Jerry, but Lawler would book a while and Jerry Jarrett would book a while and Lawler would book a while. And then every now and then Dutch would step in or Bill Dundee would step in, but Lance was there and the decisions he made to counter program the Jerry Lawler situation. We're about to talk about all through the years. 
Lance is a life changer in a lot of ways. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into his WCW run. And it wasn't to me, even the same Lance Russell. And then I got to be on a, a, a show with Lance, uh, a couple of them, uh, toward the end of his uh, life that are special to me. I've got a photo up, uh, out right beside in my bonus room, right beside me here of Lance and Luthes special man, really special man. I was chuckling when you were saying all that, but to put it in context, Conrad, you, to me, it's just so hard to wrap your head around and Memphis, not even a top 30 market. I don't know, 20, 30, 40. I mean, it's, it's not a big market and to have that kind of success, it won't be duplicated. I know. Cause it's a different era, but it just won't. Lance Russell once told Steve Beverly who wrote the old newsletter, Matt watch that nobody talks about, but what, along with the observer from Dave Meltzer and the torch from Wade Keller, Steve Beverly had Matt watch. And Lance shared his mentality with Steve. He says, when announcing a wrestling show, you look at the camera and you treat it like there's only one person on the other end, a friend of yours that you're having a conversation with. And I feel like that is the difference. You know, there's the old cliche that people forget what you say. They forget what you did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. And the moments that we go back and we relive in wrestling history when people say this was my favorite moment, or here's the guys who are on my Mount Rushmore. What they're really saying is these are the guys who made me feel something. And Lance Russell had a way of make everyone felt familiar with Lance Russell. Lance Russell didn't talk at you. Uh, Lance Russell conversated with you and you felt like he was your friend, even if he never met you. And I think that is a real talent that is, is hard to replicate, right? Either you have it or you don't. I, I think in a lot of ways, a gift, one of many yes. that Lance had, Lance had, it, but it, it was a gift. Um, I'll and look, and I don't know, uh, Conrad, if you're passing it off for me to, to, to give that type of a comment, but those are the little nuances that I think to myself when I'm working with a young guy or even over the last 15, 20 years, working with an AJ styles, working with this, because in the modern era, hell, I'll never forget that when I went up and did the double J vignettes, Bruce and Pat, and even Vince, they had no problem. You looking into the camera and, 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 and connecting emotionally through that camera. And then there came a frame time frame somewhere in that attitude era where looking directly into the camera was taboo. And that went, 180 to what I was always, I guess, fundamentally taught that that's your money. That's how you connect that you, 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 they have to feel you in the eye of the camera, but Lance, um, I mean, you talk about a gift. So on Mondays at the mid South Coliseum, you know, Saturday morning, we did the TV show and then Monday night we do the live events, but at the live event, uh, in the back is when we had to cut our promos for, uh, Louisville, Evansville, Nashville. They used to be 60 seconds, uh, sometimes 90, but Lance would basically say, you know, um, Hey, this Tuesday night in Louisville gardens got a main event, Jeff, you're taking on Dutch Van Taylor or whoever it may be. So in my early promos, Lance, the words that he would craft to get me to a point where I didn't have to say much, but it yeah. will say sold tickets. And then as the interviewee 
gets a little bit better. And in my case, it took a while, uh, but, but his, his ability to make a 60 second promo sell tickets. And I know there's, I'm biased because it's my own territory and Gordon and uh, you know, a bunch of other promo guys around the country. I'm sure highly skilled, but that's another talent that Lance I marveled at, you know, especially getting into, you know, like my third year, fourth year, fifth year, I, I, I see guys come in and I'm like, wow, Lance just did a hell of a promo for them. He teed it up for them. He almost gave them the biggest softball and they hit it out of the park. But Lance's ability to connect with the audience and, I, you know, again, I was doing the research and um, there's a link in there that you'll give out here in a minute. We'll post it on the My World page. It's a Lance Russell tribute, but he would start every show with hello, everybody, Lance Russell, Dave Brown sitting here, but he'd look right into that camera and you felt it that, okay, here is Saturday morning program. It wasn't, you know, start off and folks, here comes the Super Bowl of wrestling and the greatest match you've ever seen. No, Lance welcomed you into his one hour broadcast or 90 minute broadcast and you welcomed him into your home and you're like, okay subconsciously I'm going to enjoy this ride. And, and that was all Lance. That was all Lance's mannerisms. And I call it charisma too. his charisma to connect with the audience. So good. I want to mention too, um, the real gift of, of Lance Russell, cause there's a lot of them is this story. I don't think a lot of folks even know this in 1965, a 15 year old sent some drawings in some of his favorite wrestlers. He mailed them to Lance Russell at the TV station, WHBQ in uh, Memphis. And old Lance was impressed by him. So he gave that kid a call to let him know how good he thought these drawings were. Now in those days, they didn't tape the Monday night matches at the Ellis auditorium, which was the predecessor for the mid South Coliseum. So Lance would have to recap it on Saturday morning. And he chose to use this kid's drawings of the finishes to show the viewers. So Lance on his own saw a kid with talent said, man, there's something to, there's something with this. Let's call this kid up, invite him down to the matches, tell him to draw what happened. And then I'll show the drawings on TV. And the kid was in love with that idea. Cause boy, he loved him some wrestling and he loved drawing. And this is my chance to be near the, the business I'm there. So this little 15 year old got a ride down to the Ellis auditorium, watched his favorite grapplers do their thing, drew it, got it to Mr. Lance and got to tell his family and friends, Hey, y'all watch TV. They're going to put my drawings on TV. That little kid is Jerry, the King Lawler. How remarkable of a start is that Jeff? So modern day. With the technology, you have play, but you know, we, I don't have to get into that. Just all the, but in the sixties, you know, you have these, these images in courtrooms where you, you know, see the guy sitting on the witness stand and he's distressed or, or whatever it is. So you have court artists that go in and, and draw these pictures. Well, the kind of vision for lack of a better word that Lance said, okay, I can go out and describe Don Green and Al Green or <clears throat> the Von Bronners or Weingroff or whatever it is that the heel or the babyface 
I can go ahead and describe that, but this guy draws so good. Why don't we let him draw the picture? And then I'll narrate that again, Lance's one of many gifts and mindset and vision to, Hey man, I'm going to use this. He didn't think technology. He, he thought creativity and creativity all the time wins. Uh, Elon Musk and Steve Jobs and all those guys that have gone to the forefront in technology, they'll tell you creativity is what is what it's all about. And, and Lance, whew, that that's still to me, it's fascinating. It's so fascinating. That's how, that's how Lawler started. It, he didn't grow up and say, I want to be like Jackie Fargo or this or that. No, he was an artist and drove the images and like, you know, liked it all, but that's how he got into the industry. Really cool. By now, you know that everything is crazy overseas and well, that's created some volatility in the market. We actually saw rates tick down a little bit this week. We don't know how long it'll stay that way. All the experts are predicting that there is going to be a rate hike this month in the month of March. Some are saying 25 basis points. Others are saying 50. What does that mean? It means waiting will cost you money. And by the way, I want to mention this is still a once in a lifetime opportunity just based on your real estate values. You see, all of a sudden your house is worth considerably more than it was just a couple of years ago. And as a result, you can use that newfound equity to change your life. We're routinely helping our podcast listeners take their 30 year loan and pay it off in half the time. And how can they afford to do that without their payments going sky high? We get rid of all their other debt. And I mean it as a heads up. What would you do if you had no credit card debt? Just like that. It was all paid off. How much easier would life be if those car payments, they're out of here. No more car payments. That is the story that we're able to help our friends and family with at SaveWithConrad.com. You see, the interest you pay on your credit cards, not tax deductible, and sky high. The interest you pay on your car loans. Buddy, where is that going? What if we could restructure all of your debt, use some of this newfound equity, and at the same time, get you out of debt faster? You see, what we're talking about is reducing the time on your mortgage. Yes, we're going to get you a great rate. But if you're in a 30-year loan, think about what your life looks like 30 years from now. Man, life gets a lot easier when you're completely debt-free, and that's what we want to help you do. And by the way, you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. And oh, as a heads up, if you've been thinking, hey man, I like my house, but my kitchen's kind of outdated. What if we could get you the cash you need to turn your average kitchen into something your wife loves and it wouldn't change your monthly payment at all? Why wouldn't you do that? You see, you'd be reinvesting back in your own property. That's going to make your house worth even more. And oh yeah, you can do it with cheaper monthly payments at SaveWithConrad.com. Now I know it sounds too good to be true, but I want you to go check out our reviews for yourself. See what some of our new family members are saying at ConradReviews.com. You'll see there we've got over a thousand verified reviews. Our average rating is 4.72. And if we were a restaurant with a thousand reviews and a 4.72 rating, I know where you're eating dinner and I know where you need to do your next loan. It's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? That's SaveWithConrad.com. Such a fun story. And by the way, it is a lesson to everyone listening. Once upon a time, uh, Rick Flair said, Hey, do you want to come in to my first podcast and ask fan questions? Here we are. Um, just start doing stuff, boys and girls. You never know. 
1967, Lance added Dave Brown to the mix. Lance and Dave, uh, is how they were known to Memphis and what a combo they were. Uh, a lot of people equate baseball announcers like, you know, Vin Scully, Jack Buck, uh, Harry Carey. They're the soundtracks to their summer, but Lance and Dave are the soundtracks for a lot of folks in Memphis and they just had a natural chemistry, but eventually there's a little bit of controversy in Memphis and Lord, we're going to talk about this a lot. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> Lance Russell is, uh, involved in this big power play. Maybe one of the biggest in Memphis wrestling history. As the story goes, Nick goal, Nick Goulas and your father are butting heads over the booking of Nick's son, George. And then your father found out he'd been swerved on all the points he had been purchasing from Goulas and Welch. Your father had the rights to the mid South Coliseum. Your grandmother, Christine had the Louisville gardens. Those are the two best drawing buildings. And it's been said that the three most important people for this deal, at least for your father and grandmother were Jerry Lawler, Lance Russell, and Dave Brown to put in context, you know, all these years later, we'd be talking about Hulk Hogan, mean Gene and Bobby Heenan. Um, what do you remember about, I guess I should set the stage. Your father approaches WMC TV with a package deal. They'll get the market's highest rated locally produced television show, the biggest star in all of Memphis wrestling, the local iconic personality in Russell, along with Brown, who's not just the color guy. He's also the freaking weather guy. So this is a win, 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 win for WMC. They agree. And now Lance finds himself in the middle of a wrestling war and the WMC show debuts, but Lance and Dave have to finish up their previous deal. So it starts a few weeks without them and WMC is flooded with complaints until Russell and Brown show up. Lawler even breaks character at the end of his first interview as the top heel and says, I have to say, it's great to see that big nose of yours again. What do you remember about this story and, and what you heard about it and, and what would the rumors and innuendo were you're real close to this, but boy, you're just a little fella at the time. Oh, man. So, so Conrad, this is all secondhand knowledge as far as actually what happened. So to, to give the set point on this, I live in Nashville, Memphis is 220 miles away. So during this time frame, we'll call it the, the Nick Goulas territory that they call it the North end Louisville, Evansville, uh, for whatever wacky reason. So you can call it the North or the West Memphis was that. You also had Nashville, Chattanooga, and Huntsville. Sometimes Birmingham was included in Nick and that, you know, so, so all that. It was sort of divided up. So I'm a eight, nine-year, literally an eight or nine-year-old kid, and my parents divorced. So I wasn't in the house at this, you know, in my father's house, and he's on the road all the time. Um, but just to give our my world listeners the 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 situation. My dad started booking years before, uh, for, for Nick and he, he was Nick Goulas's booker and was creating success. And I'll just say this lots and lots of success. And they got Jerry Lawler red hot. And obviously Lawler's talent is unbelievable. By this time he had broken into the business and, you know, became a main eventer. Um, and so Due to the success of everything, my dad said, hey, hey Nick, I, I want to buy in. 
I, I want to buy into the, and you know, so as anybody that's a successful employee, he, he was under the impression that he was building his way up to be a minority owner, uh, of Goulas, uh, Welch wrestling, Roy Welch, Nick Goulas and, and build his way up. And the more successful things became, well, Nick wanted to pr- promote, push or promote his son, George. And so my dad being the booker, there were creative issues. George, he felt wasn't, my dad told me this. He just wasn't a main eventer. Could he be on the card? Yeah, but he wasn't going to be in the main event slot that Nick wanted. So that was the headbutting. And push came to shove and push came to shove. And when things fell apart and my father said, well, Nick, I'm part owner. And Nick goes, no, you're not. What? And so then that's when everything began to unravel. And you talk about a high stakes, high drama set of circumstances. And here's a part of this that I was excited. Again, another reason to do this episode is, so here's the situation. My grandmother will call her the CFO of the organization, the bookkeeper, or however you want to dress it up. My dad's best friends were Tojo Yamamoto and Jackie Fargo. Goulas and Welch are the owners. Now we're talking about Memphis and WHBQ and the TV that was done on the Western part of the territory, Lance and Dave and the top star Lawler all around the territory. And my father goes, okay, I'm going to have to break off and start my own. That that's, that was the real reality. So going to the, the situation in Memphis, the biggest town in the territory, Louisville was really successful. What are we going to do? Nick is running at Ellis Auditorium. So he got a building, went and got him a TV, and it was an unwritten kind of statement that, okay, sure, my grandmother's going to, I mean, my mother's going to come with me, and surely Fargo and Tojo are going to come with me, but I really need Lawler and Lance and Dave. And so he went and got them, and Lance, uh, obviously a huge driver for all the reasons we've talked about it is, and they pulled it off and said, okay, Nick, you can have your territory with George. And that territory is, at the time, Nashville, Chattanooga, and Birmingham. And I'll take Memphis, Louisville, and Evansville. And that was the split. Make sense? Such a fun story. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll talk about it a lot more in the future. Uh, There's just one little footnote here. Yeah. Lance and Dave and Lawler went with my father. Right? Fargo, Tojo, and my mother didn't. It's a whole nother episode. Your mother didn't go with her son. Another episode. <laughs> I'm just saying Thank it's, you. it's been right. interesting. Notes. You know, listen, yeah. wrestling's weird. Okay. Let's just say that right up top. We've established that, but we've also talked about your ups and downs of your relationship with your dad. Yes. But when your dad forges out on his own, cause these guys have been screwing him, your mom decides good luck, son. Uh, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Your grandma, yeah, yeah, yeah. his mom says, his mom. well, I hate to hear that. Jerry, good luck. I'm going to stick with these guys who are screwing you. Think about that. God, and, and, and also Jackie Fargo national star come back to made residence in Nashville. He had seen, he called him the little man. 
He had seen the little man's success because my dad was the baby face against Lawler, but he had seen the little man being successful and his great tag team partner, Tojo and Fargo would come in and out and he'd do his extracurricular activities, his side businesses. So, so, so here's the guy kind of running the show that my dad assumed, oh yeah, Fargo and Tojo will go with me. They, they see me, the, they see me and Lawler, the ones that are drawing the money. I'm drawing the money by being creative and Lawler's drawing the tickets as a talent. And my grandmother is keeping the books. I don't really, really interesting time. It explains a lot time to tell you about something. I'm super passionate about protecting your family. Yes. This is a life insurance ad for goliathlife.com. But to me, this is really about peace of mind. Think about insurance for a second. We all get medical and auto insurance, yet we never even know if we're going to have a need for it. Let me let you in on a little secret. You need life insurance. We're all going to die. Now, as you let that reality sink in, think about what would happen if your family stopped having your income tomorrow. If you don't have a plan for that, you need to visit goliathlife.com. And I mean, right now, and just personally, I've lost two friends in their forties this past year and a half. And I don't even want to think about what their families would be going through. Had they not had life insurance, if you don't have it, get it, protect your family. And I suggest you go to goliathlife.com because they've made the process of getting affordable life insurance. Super easy. Goliath life streamlines the life insurance process by allowing you to get quotes for more than 20 carriers within minutes. And you'll pick your terms and payments to fit your budget. You pick your price. You start the online application immediately and even schedule the medical exam to come to you. And I've done it. They sent someone to my office. I skipped the phone calls, the paperwork and the crazy invasive conversations. Goliath life makes buying life insurance simple. There's no hidden fees, no upsells, no hassle. Hell, not even a phone call. Goliath life is life insurance in your hands on your time. Get multiple quick quotes right now from the comfort of your own home and begin your application in a few easy clicks right now at goliathlife.com. But let's get off the couch and let's talk about everything else here. Uh, Russell's not just an announcer. He's also has a role in syndicating the TV show. He's going to be a co-promoter for Lexington and he's going to run out of the Rupp arena. And boy, that gets dicey at times because what do you know? The Poffo family is running their outlaw ICW promotion and they're going to show up at the shows. There's even an incident with this uh, young upstart named Randy Savage and, uh, him and Bill Dundee get cross outside of a gym. Bill Dundee, never a stranger from controversy, pulls a gun on Savage. Savage ain't here to put up with any of that shit. He pulls the gun away and breaks Dundee's jaw with it. This is professional wrestling. This is Memphis folks. And I get that times were different, but can you imagine for a minute? Let's just say a couple years ago, it's 2019 NXT is announcing. They're going to be head to head with AEW. And what do you know? They wind up working out at the same gym before they've got opposing shows across town. And somehow, some way triple H gets a side eye view of Cody. He ain't here for that shit. He starts to charge. Cody pulls a gun. Triple H wrestles it away. And one guy winds up with a broken jaw. (laughs) Now that didn't happen, but it did happen with the fucking macho man. And nobody talks about it. 
but there's also a waffle house story. That's a story for another time. Uh, there's all kind of fallout between your dad and Lance when Lawler pulls another power play. Now to be clear, Lawler was the top star and he's going to come in with your dad, but Lawler, go ahead. Just to, to back up on the, the, the Lance Russell, I'll call it momentum. So they broke off. And then this is, if you, if we've got a graph from 70, 69, 77, you know, business was good and it was building under the Goulas banner, if you will. But when they broke off and Lance and Dave came over to the NBC affiliate, WHBQ was ABC, but once Lance and Dave came over and they set their, 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 their sort of groove and, and it was my father and, and, and Jerry Lawler had a minority interest at this time, a very small interest at this time. Once they kind of set that and got going, this is where Cornette's books will, will document it. But Louisville and Evansville took off like a rocket ship. So big business in Memphis, big business in Louisville, big business in Evansville. That's three out of the seven days. Nashville was uh, percolating about to come and go. They had another another night that they are looking for, you know, town. Lexington's 100 miles uh, down the road from Louisville, a good market. Uh, the Pafos, which was uh, Savage's uh, father, they had a territory in Eastern Kentucky and they were trying to make a go of it. They did Indiana. They did some Illinois, but anyway, they were trying to get it going. And you think about Angelo Puffo, smart mind, uh, Randy, they had some Bob Roop, Tony Falk, uh, Pez Watley. They had a good group of talent, but you take the exact same show that was seen in Memphis. And then it started selling out in Louisville and When you move it over to Lexington, and Lance, again, a businessman, instrumental in, hey, let's go get Rupp Arena. Folks, Rupp Arena is 20,000-seat arena where University of Kentucky plays. They took that product with Lance Russell and Dave Brown being the lead horses in Lawler and built, and that's why I know it's a different era, but it's like starting a brand-new business in, in Lexington and started doing gangbuster business. That's what that fight was over. You call it a territory. Randy thought he was taking his livelihood. And Bill was fighting for his livelihood. Kind of crazy, but, or it is crazy, but I just want to sort of put that footnote on there that Lance being a part of a super successful team, they opened up Lexington in a big ass building and did great ratings on Lexington TV. And we're not done this controversy <laughs> of Memphis and it, it evolves because apparently it wasn't just Steve Austin looking at his check and being disappointed. Once upon a time, the biggest draw, Jerry Lawler, he did the same. Now the difference was Austin was a young upstart. Lawler is the top draw. So Lawler is going to try to pull another power play and he's going to attempt to pull Lance from the company. And he see if this is all because he's believing and he's probably accurate, but Boy, Jerry's making a lot more money than me. And I think we could do this without him. So your dad sees, uh, the meal ticket walking out the door and says, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's talk this thing through that right there. Boys and girls is a lesson in business. Yeah. We sometimes do something over on adfreeshows.com where we do something called ask Conrad, Jeff. And I know you've never heard it. You're very busy. You're an international man of mystery, but a lot of people want to know things about, Hey man, I'm trying to get a, uh, 
a raise at work, or, Hey man, I'm trying to get a promotion at work, or I'm trying to better my financial situation. And they'll say, what would your advice be? And I don't know why they want my advice, but they do. So I answer the questions. And one of the things I say a lot there, and I even tell my friends and family this, and and I want to tell our listeners this, if you're looking to move up in your organization, make more money, climb the ladder, so to speak, you got to do one thing. You got to make yourself irreplaceable. And Jerry Lawler at that point, when your dad looked around, cause wrestlers had come and gone, even some of the f- folks that he considered very good friends, even his own mother. But when Jerry Lawler threatens to leave, hang on now, let's talk through this because your dad recognized, well, boy, I took somebody else's business when I took a handful of announcers and this guy, and we were number one. But if this guy leaves and he takes my announcers, my goose is cooked. So your dad cuts him in Lawler becomes 50% owner in the promotion. But the story is your dad, well, he knows where his bread's buttered. So he's going to do a deal with Lawler, but he is none too happy. And in fact, very offended and said another way, it hurt his feelings that Lance Russell would consider leaving. And as the story goes, your dad didn't want to hire Lance back at all. Wanted him gone. Lawler lobbies for him. He winds up keeping his job. And I think the story was he cut his pay. Now Lance denied that Lance was probably trying to be classy either way. What did you hear about Lawler almost left and he had Lance with him and your dad was none too happy. Conrad. The points in this, this is another my two Jerry segment because the, the, there's, there, there's a, it's a fascinating story and business lesson, but I don't know what year or how many years it passed, but I'm, I'm going to say I was still working the weekly territory. So prior to 93, I asked my father, Hey, what happened? What, what happened during all this? Well, son, and if I recall, this was a, 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 a lesson that I probably didn't listen to through the years, but about communication. I said, what happened? He said, well, I'm going to fall on the sword on this one. When Jerry jumped with me from Nick, I told him you're going to get these amount of points, but when we get up running and be successful, I'm going to take care of you and you're going to get more. Well, that only not got up running successful, uber successful, and he says, I didn't hold up to my end of the bargain. Now, did we ever decide on what points and what this was and what? No, I didn't. But I didn't take care of what I should have taken care of. So he said, I had a deal, not on paper, but I had a shame, handshake agreement with Lawler. And I, I, he had every right in the world to be pissed off about me. And so that was that story. Now, I think Conrad, me and you both know. We can rationalize, justify, and minimize lots of things. So I think in order for my father not to be pissed off at himself or or maybe even Lawler to a certain degree, I'm going to hang it on Lance. <laughs> and I think there was, no, I don't think, I, I think that's was where the, the issue was. I, through the years, it got obviously worked out. I don't think there was a cut in pay. I think that was some rumoring in the Indio, but there were hard feelings, especially during the time, because there was a massive power play in discussion with Valiant and I think even Idol and 
Jimmy Hart and lots of folks. It was a big, big deal going on behind the scenes. And if I remember correctly, again, this would be a, a my father or Lawler or both of them uh, to drill it down. I think at that point, Lawler went from five or 10% to like a third of Memphis, maybe 50% of just Memphis, but then it grew into 50% of the territory as the years went along. But Lawler got a substantial bump in pay uh, in a big way off of this. Cooler heads prevailed. Just what you said. My dad's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let, let's, let's work this out. And they did. Uh, but um, I remember hearing that. I remember Dundee and uh, I, I would get bits and pieces in car rides from Dutch and Dundee and, you know, even Lawler from time to time or dressing room talk and folks would come up to me and say, hey, what happened to all that? And I didn't really know. Again, that was way above my pay grade at the time. Well, once you actually get in the biz, what were you learning from Lance? If anything, did Lance drop any nuggets on it? Now, Jeff, next time, what you ought to think about doing, did he have some of that for you? Oh, Conrad. So WMC TV, you know, we, we dressed in one newsroom that they did. I don't know a five or 10 o'clock broadcast, but then the studio was when they did like cooking shows or the noon show. They had two studios at WMC. So we dressed in one performed in another wrestled in another, but the finish room was a makeup room and a bathroom. And then right next to that was where my father would keep his briefcase and whatever it is business. And my dad, when I first started, and even when I was doing refereeing, but I'll never forget those early Memphis trips. My dad would just say, Hey, put your stuff in there. And I'd carry, cause I'm carrying my dad's bag in or briefcase in or tapes or whatever it was. I was the gopher and carried stuff in. But uh, through the years, I just stayed. That's where I'd always dress. And Lance would always pop his head in on his time schedule. And just because we just had that relationship. He's like, hey, Jeff, what do you got? This and that. Do you want me to ask anything? And I, a lot, a lot of times I'm like, what, what are you going to ask me, Lance? So I'll kind of know, you know, you know, we would just have a give and take. But Lance w- would always. Oh, man, Conrad. The different little nuances that he would uh, just how he would, is there something that I need to wrap up? Are you going to walk off and finish it? Uh, Or I'm going to walk off or just like the whole emotional flow of everything. He just was, he taught me so much by the questions he asked, Uh, but he would always come and you know, there's been many Saturday mornings in the early years when uh, he could tell that I was lost, uh, more lost than last year's Easter egg, as they say. And Lance would just take right over from the promo and do a recap. Lance was, he was the guide, um, but he always w- wanted to know the emotion, you know, uh, about where we were going. And he would congratulate me, if that's the right word, say, hey, man, Jeff, really good emotion out there. Or, that sold some tickets or j- just the mindset. It, he was teaching without even realizing he was teaching a lot of times. Let's talk about, uh, your relationship with him. Do you think there was any uneasiness later between your dad and Lance? Do you think Lance treated you any differently because of that awkwardness that existed once upon a time in the relationship? Or could you not tell? I couldn't. Well, 
I thought Lance always went out of his way in a professional manner. In a lot of ways, Lance felt responsible for what went on at that desk. And obviously, I think that's a mark of a real professional, but I mean, just, I don't care if you're a young guy or seasoned vet or whatever it may be. Lance, he didn't like to be touched at a table unless it was like the heads up. I mean, he, he was super professional because he, he really was concerned about the tone. And I've heard this from him. Look, we've got 90 minutes. I need to have my head around where this whole show's going so I can act accordingly. You know, those kind of deals are like, okay, yeah, it is a complete show. Those little nuances that you can break a segment down. And I watched something on the YouTube uh, clip where Dream Machine attacked him and he went down on his back and this and that. Lance did the supercell, but no sell. It just came also so real and authentic. Lance took his job very, very serious. And um, I never, to answer your specific question, I think he went the other way with it and treated me as my own man that, um, whatever relationship, good or bad, it had my father, it didn't bleed over. I know that there was a time, um, and I couldn't think of this. I almost, uh, responded to Derek right, right when I got these notes that Lance had to take a pay cut. I mean, the whole business had to take it, you know, it was as the territory started going down, um, Lance had to take a pay cut and wasn't happy about it, but he's there the following week and as professional as ever. And I like, okay, I don't think he's hot about it. And then my grandfather, Adam Martin, like, no, he's handling it like a pro. He realizes the situation. So there's so many moments in Memphis history. You know, we just talked about the moon dogs episode. He's such a big part of that concession stand brawl. Go listen to that in the archives. We played some clips and you could just tell, but the first time I have to admit that I remember seeing or hearing Lance is tape trading in 96 or 97. I got a hold of the empty arena match to be clear. It's Jerry Lawler versus Terry Funk. In an empty arena match, there's a cameraman, there's Lance Russell, there's Terry Funk, there's Jerry Lawler, and that's all you needed. And they created something that people are still talking about decades later. And of course, everybody always talks about Lawler and, and, and Funk with that as they should, but there's one guy providing the lyrics to that. And that's Lance Russell. I can't imagine it being almost anyone else. Can you? No. <clears throat> When we did the empty arena match that at the time set a ratings record at TNA, um, for the, our version of the empty arena match that I thought we sort of thought, thought through all the nuances and everything. Um, we got a chance to watch that. And again, now 15 years, 20 years later, and you hear Lance's call and you go back to, okay. And of course, by that time we had heard, you know, the attitude Era and Ross and Lawler and, you know, nitro and the, the, the highlight moments from whatever show you want and the Saturday night made events, but you know, you take, go back to the early eighties 
and you hear Lance's voice, I guess you could say get real. It just, just uh, that, that the, the setting of God, and you could just see Funk and Lawler and they're walking out and Lance starting slow and not over the top, but calling that he's just a pro's pro. He just had a unique ability. Again, I go back to, he wasn't play by play. He, he wasn't a color commentator. He he's, he's Lance. Often imitated, never duplicated. No doubt about it. Uh, and he's such a stoic announcer that it makes him fodder for the heels, but his credibility is never compromised. Much like Gordon Soley in that era. Uh, there's a pretty famous angle that, and we're going to have some of these links in our description. Uh, 1981, the dream machine. That's a name that a lot of our listeners won't be familiar with. What can you tell us about the dream machine here in 81? Kind of our own, our own Memphis version of dusty roads. Troy Graham. Um, he was a local wrestler, a hell of a bump taper, but bump taker, great worker. Um, but you know, and I don't know the exact ins and outs of this, but you go back and watch it and he's ballistic and he's after Lawler and he's going to kill Lawler and all this, but all right, let me back up to set this all in motion. Lawler was a heel late seventies. And, and Lance is the babyface megastar, but as the voice of it, Lance was affectionately known by Lawler as Banana Nose. So Lawler being the despised heel made Lance an even bigger babyface. So there was this Lawler-Lance running quasi-feud that people knew that Lance had to sit there and take Lawler's abuse because he's not a wrestler. And so in a lot of ways, they got each other over. Yeah, Lawler got more heat. Lance became more of a babyface. Then when Lawler switches babyface, that relationship is still in place. Matter of fact, even more, because now they can smile and cut up with each other and they're big buds on camera. And then you run a heel through the curtain and out of nowhere, he throws Lance Russell to the ground you immediately go, Lawler's going to kick his ass when he gets in. That's his buddy. That's his buddy. That's his buddy. And so Dream Machine and countless others after that could get heat on a circumstance and the people would know you lay one hand on Lance Russell and you're screwing with Jerry Lawler. And so that was a built-in ticket seller, if you will. So let's talk a little bit about the other famous angles, you know, Jerry or Jimmy Hart rather is going to have one last appearance before he leaves the WWF where he pours flour on Lance. Uh, that's something that was unprecedented back then, right? Yeah. It's hate to say it, the classic Memphis one Oh one, but you just have to know the context that you can't pour flour over our announcer's head and expect a reaction if they don't love him. I mean, that it, you know, now this is 83 or four. Yeah, Jimmy went in 84, I think. I mean, Lance is been on the air for decades at this point. Huge, just instrumental in everything. And here comes this Jimmy Hart, who the whole world wanted to see get his ass beat, and he did this to their guy. 
it's one of those deals where it immediately translated into money and tickets and certainly ratings. Uh, the ratings were good. And these are the kind of things that, you know, opposite is Looney Tunes and maybe a college sport on the other channel. Well, this wrestling of their homegrown celebrities getting flour dumped on their head, created an emotional attachment. So Lance is also the soundtrack for one of the more infamous angles in Memphis wrestling history. You and Tojo Yamamoto. Uh, and, and some people were even calling this once upon a time, the most heated television angle in history. What can you tell us about this? You and Tojo, I almost texted you Conrad and said, this is, it may not the, Tojo's promo doesn't age well here. Uh, but Lance's call, the subtleties, but at times this was Lance, I don't say went over the top, but I mean, really got into it. He sold it. I'll say that. He sold it because they beat the shit out of me with the kendo stick. And, you know, I dump yellow paint on Tojo and then he turns it around on me. But um, he was just a really, really good heat angle that had me and Tojo done it by ourselves with another announced team. It'd been okay. Lance took it to a whole nother level. I mean, just that's how good he was. He sold the, you know, I think uh, I always loved um, Vince and, and Jesse the body. In, in their type angles and storylines, I thought they had a, a good chemistry to take a good storyline and take it to another level. Gorilla and Bobby, uh, you know, th- there's always duos, but Lance in these type settings right there on the studio floor, everybody knew that it was live on a Saturday morning. Even the people in Nashville, Louisville, and Evansville, they used to think it was live and actually it was a week old tape. But in, in Memphis, they knew that was live, absolutely live out over the air. And, 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 and Lance knew how to capture that emotion specifically for a Saturday morning heat angle. You just felt it. You felt it in so many ways. So, the big thing that a lot of us remember about Memphis, uh, and again, Lance is right in the middle of it is Lawler and Kaufman. It's hard to imagine seeing anything from the mid South Coliseum though, and not hearing Lance's voice. Right. Oh, I mean, we could go through, I mean, Lance introducing Jim Cornette, yeah. Lance introducing macho man, Lance bringing, Oh my gosh. Uh, Peggy rich. Tommy Rich's mother, Beverly Dundee, Bill Dundee's wife, um, any sports celebrity that would come into town, um, promoter, Eddie Marlin, promoter, Jerry Jarrett. I mean, Lance was the conduit to it all. Everything. It just in so many different ways. I know it's a different era and I know you get a, did a couple of disclaimers that it, this is late seventies, early eighties, but it's it, the vibe of the program as we sit here today in 2022, it just screamed of Lance Russell's authenticity period. The entire 90 minutes. The, uh, it's hard to imagine that we have to compare him to somebody, but I'm just, tr- I know a lot of our listeners probably haven't seen a lot of him, but to me, it's very Gordon solely like, and as far as the credibility that he brought and the respect and. I don't know. It just, he was a distinguished gentleman. And as such, it's hard for me to imagine in this industry where you got guys shitting in each other's food and whatnot. Did anybody ever play any 
ribs on Lance that you remember hearing about? No, and that look, I, again, a different era. You know, you know, it's it just such a different era. But <laughs> it's just hard for me to imagine one of the guys being like, "Hey, man, don't tell anybody." But I took a shit and then flattened it out and put it in the freezer. You know, it's hot as hell out here today. So when Lance parks his car, he's going to crack them windows and let the heat out. I'm going to slide my frozen pancake turd in the back seat. Fuck Lance <laughs> Russell. You wait. It's hard for me to imagine anybody doing that to Lance. No, no, it's, it's, it's obviously different era, different time. Uh, Lance used to like it, have his fun. I, I, I never witnessed it cause I wasn't on the road with Lance, but, uh, there's some legendary stories of old Mr. Russell having a blast and having a good time, but, um, the ribs, no, uh, d- didn't, didn't hear that. Um, gosh, but he made his runs to Tupelo and, and, uh, Jackson and, uh, Oh, Lancer dancer. It's just hard for me to imagine. This is what you start with. And when we actually cut you loose creatively, you got little guys beating off in trash cans and pulling guns on you. Now, hold on. You think about the era. We just talked about the flower and the yellow paint and law. Yeah, but we went from that to little guys walking their wiener in a trash can. How's Dusty say it? <laughs> how, how did Dusty, Dusty the marquee say it? says professional wrestling. It don't say a midget, a beaten off in the trash can. <laughs> but the way he put it, a beaten off. Man, me and oh, me and Crowbar text about that at least once a week. A beaten off. I did a um We're doing an Airbnb out there for Dallas this weekend. Let me give you the house rules. Nobody better be found a beaten off in the trash can. That's rule number one. Conrad, I did local radio here in Nashville about the Will Smith uh Chris Rock deal. Oh yeah. And they said this t- true story is one oh five point nine, Tim Battle. Um, called and said, Hey, we'd love to hear your comments. The yin and the yang. Was it at work? Not at work. And I checked. They said, Yeah, I'll call in. We'll talk about it. And we're having fun. And I said, You know, and, and Tim went to early asylum days. This is crazy. We're having this conversation. And I said, The whole, the nuances of our industry. And I said, To this day, it's why I'm a huge fan that it's the song and the singer analogy and all this, but you can say that was scripted. That was scripted back in the day. We'd say that's fake. That's fake. That, oh, now that punch was real. I saw it. That was real. So we're given that analogy about, uh, uh, you know, Will Smith's back in the shit out of him. So I said, well, in wrestling, what are some of your moments where you go? Oh, now, wait a minute. That, what, what's going on here? And he, the, the Tim brought up this morning. He said, I was there the night, the asylum and you guys have craziness and chairs and just fight up in the crowd. And those asylum shows. And there's some hidden gems, Conrad, when we get into that, but he said, I was there the night that you're having the in-ring promo and the way puppet looked down and away and then started his promo. And then he pulls out a gun in the ring. He said, just for a split second, I go, what the hell's this? What the hell is Puppet doing? I said, well, he was the psycho dwarf. So, anyhow, that's the same guy who beat off in the trash can. I'm circling back to your story, but you know, now that I'm thinking about uh, it, beating off in a trash can might be the worst dusty finish, right? <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on. Um, 
your boy Lance winds up leaving Memphis in 1989 to take a job with WCW. He's 63 years old before he's taking a leap to the national stage. Do you know why he did this? Is just the money drying up in Memphis and his time. So again, the whole ebb and flow of Hulkamania and the national expansion and WWF was six or seven manias in now. And, uh, you know, WCW, they were doing their deal and, and all that. And we were as, as Dutch eloquently says, folks, uh, we hope we, uh, don't have a steroid problem. And Dutch says, Jerry, we've got an eating problem around here. So it was all during the same time frame that Lance got his pay cut. I want to say about a year prior to that, I may be off by a little bit, but, um, WCW opportunity came along and I don't say it was strictly for the money because Lance wanted to probably look, it was at the end of his career, twilight of his career, so to speak, as far as that he wanted to give it a shot, but it was money. My best recollection. I'll say this Conrad, that it was definitely a money deal, a substantial increase in pay. Hey man, here's a scary stat. Every 10 seconds, someone becomes a victim of fraud or identity theft. But do you want to know what's worse? 23% of those people don't get their money back after the attack. Now, if you think it could never happen to you, you could be their next target, but aura can help Aura provides digital security protection to keep your online finances, personal information, and your tech all safe from online threats. It really is an all in one protection from identity theft, financial fraud, malware, scam sites, and so much more with aura. You'll get alerted to fraud and threats fast. Like if your online accounts or passwords were leaked online, or if someone tried to open a bank account in your name, Aura is easy to set up. All their plans come with a million dollars in identity theft insurance to help recover your stolen funds. And they have an experienced us-based customer support team that's got your back. Aura is a new type of security service that protects all of your online information and devices with one simple subscription with an easy online dashboard and alert sent straight to your phone. Aura keeps you in control and guides you through solving any issues. For a limited time, Aura is offering our listeners a 30-day free trial. When you visit aura.com slash myworld, go to aura.com slash myworld to get complete protection, huge savings, and a 30-day free trial. That's aura.com slash myworld. Aura, the new standard in digital security. In your mind... You know, in most of our mind, us listening at home and, and grew up watching this, most people talk about Jim Ross or Gordon Soley and the folks who got to see him put Lance in that category. Are they your top three all time? J.R. Soley and Lance. It is because it, it, it's almost like, and I, this is probably going to be a crappy announcer, but it's like genre of music, country, rock, blues. Like the Memphis was a certain style, if you will. So as far as I'll say territory wrestling, and I've listened to a lot of Gordon Soley. Now, Gordon Soley didn't have a heel like Lawler and didn't have um, wild, crazy matches week in, week out. So the the creative content that Lance was given was a little bit more diverse, but Lance to me was the best of the best. And we'll call it that territory 
you can't, I uh, hate to be repetitive. He's not a play by player color. It, it's, it's, he's the host of the show. I think Lance to me was the very best. And then as far as a play by play guy, um, Jim Ross w- was absolutely, it, it, he is, he's the voice of the attitude era in so many ways because Mick Foley's a little baby boy. I mean, we could go down on, you know, Mr. McMahon, oh, by God, Stone Cold, you know, all the little catchphrases that we still know to this day. I also, and I know I'm biased, but a young kind of came out of nowhere promotion, Mike Tanay trying to make sense of a midget in a trash can, the X Division, which is brand new, um, the, the, the mix of the NWA and TNA and all this. I think Mike, in so many ways, is so underrated because he really is the professor that could call multiple styles and hang lucha. On, hang on, I'm texting Jim Ross, but you're over per yeah, but- Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, just said you here we go. Couldn't hold Mike Tanay's jock. Jock is that what you said? <laughs> Up. He said, are. you weren't a hair on Lance Russell's ass. Oh, here we go. And that Gordon. Connie, I stole Connie from JR. I stole <laughs> Connie from JR. No, it goes. I mean, that's what I do think it's different genres of music. Lance had a territory. Um, Jim, as far as a play by play guy, him and Lawler. Hard to be. They, I don't, who, who be, who's, there isn't one. Here's the, here's the irony though. Jim Ross played Lance Russell in the man in the moon movie with Jim Carrey. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's ironic. It's bizarre. Yes, it is. And, and Jim and Lance worked together. I didn't realize how much they worked together in WCW. Uh, talk to me about TNA. Why, why did you never bring Lance in? And I think we touched on this a couple of episodes ago, maybe a Ross conversation, uh, or a couple others is that I went with Mike today and I wanted there, there's no way to follow Jerry Lawler uh, or Bobby Heenan. As far as color commentators during the attitude era and Dan, Don West, the fans, man, and, and that whole fan perspective and super enthusiastic and over the top kind of guy, it, it was we had one show budget it obviously goes without saying, but the team of today and West is, is who I wanted to go with. And I didn't want to cloud that vision at all. Josh Matthews got a look. That was later. That was Dixie. That's I know. When Dixie I'm just busting was. balls. I just wanted to bust your <laughs> balls. I know the timeline doesn't work. I'm just, <laughs> this is me stirring it up, you know? Oh, I love it. And you remember the, uh, Ed Farrar was at the very beginning, a, a couple and that, that just didn't work out, but it all worked out is exactly the way it's supposed to be. But you know, uh, on the flip side of this, I think Lance had relocated to Florida too. Oh yeah. He the- had, listen, it's not the Mike, same. I'm just busting your balls and giving you yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. but I do yeah, think yeah. you're onto something that Mike today is probably the closest person to Lance to pull off that same sort of respect and dignity with the fans. And I, I see yeah. a lot of similarities there. Uh, 
what was your dad's relationship with, like with Lance? So what was your relationship like with Lance towards the end of his life? Did you speak with him at any point late in oh, life? Christ. And so here was something that, um, you just go, wow, that's just supposed to happen. So I did a casino show that Lawler has from time to time. And that's the last photo I took with Lance, me, Jerry and Lance. And we'll get that posted on, uh, all the social links. That is a special photo. Um, we did also a legend show over in Jonesboro at the Earl bell community center. Um, that it was really special. And Lance, his son brought him to the show and Lance, Lance signed autographs and, you know, it was probably, I don't know. So bell time at seven 30, but it, you know, we did an autograph session from six to seven, hypothetically I'll say, but in that hour, but, uh, as the doors came in and we had a hell of a crowd that night, it was, it was a full house and everything. So everybody's out getting their picture money, Conrad, but doing the autographs and everything. And I kept looking over at Lance's, I was going to slide down there and I'm signing and he's signing. And finally, uh, I, I told myself, I'm like, I just got to break away. I don't care if I've got a line, he's got a line. And I went down and I said, Hey, Lance, blah, blah, blah. I said, Hey, I know you're going to kind of think I'm a, a nut job for this, but will you sign one of those to me? And he just looked at me and he goes, I certainly will. And I've got it up there. Uh, or I got it. Like I said, in my bonus room, it's of him and Luthes at the announce desk. And Lance did a little personal note to me and signed it. And you just to think of it because the picture, you just went, wow, Luthes, all the history and all the folks that, you know, and Lawler had, I mean, he had pictures of him and Lawler and single pictures, but him and Luthes kind of a really cool photo. And he signed it. That, that was cool. And then of course the picture of me, uh, but so yeah, I had a really good relationship and he would, every time I'd see hang, him, hang on before you move on, what'd that run you 20, 25 bucks. Oh, did he take credit cards? You write him a check. Did you just hand him folding money? I think I said, my people will pay you people. <laughs> Do you hit him with the old check is in the mail routine. Conrad, I knew you're going right for the jugular. Oh, well, listen, you taught us on this show about picture money. And it's not like, listen, he's making these conventions. It ain't cause your dad was like paying him hand over fist. The man's out here trying to make a living wrestler style. Got his, got his folding table ready to go. And I just need to know, cause I know you're not going to go up and ask for a freebie. I know you're not going to do that. I know you went up there with tribute 20, 25, maybe a 40 spot. He's like the Supreme court nominee, uh, grilling of questions. Hell, I don't remember Conrad. Sure. You, you don't. Like Sure. I you don't. don't, I don't pal. Cause I you don't. stiffed him. You alligator armed him. You Shivani him for the stage show this Friday. You probably went like this. Oh, where's my wallet? Oh, where's my wallet? Started <laughs> tapping your chest and shoulders. I don't have my wallet. I'll get you next time. Oh, Conrad. Come on now. You're like the hamburglar of eight by tens. I see how it is. Um, listen, <sighs> we've had a lot of fun talking about Lance today. He got over so many talents. He gave us Jerry Lawler. There's so many classic moments. I don't know that Memphis would have reached the heights it did without Lance Russell, without Jerry Lawler. Uh, of course that's going to turn into Jerry Fargo training Lawler and so forth and so on. And man, Lance even had a, a second act in the nineties when certainly Memphis was on its ass and, and it wasn't what it once was, but tape trading became the thing and Lance became more and more popular as a result. And I got to think if Lance was still with us right now, man, he'd be enjoying so much, you know, timing's everything. And obviously 
he aged out and he had quite the life. He passed away. Golly, it's hard to believe it, but almost four years ago. Uh, but what a full life he had, you know, 91 years old. And, um, as you're saying that, so I went to WWF in 1993 and I bet you 90 or 95% of the stories that I've been, uh, asked about or brought up, or someone comes up and reminisces, they always start with, Hey, you remember that time on Memphis TV when Lance Russell, yeah. that's the beginning of the story. Yeah. It, it's it they they don't just say remember on Memphis TV they they say remember on Memphis TV when Lance Russell said or La- he, he he's instrumental he's synonymous every word you want to, man I know this episode has been probably a but that's how I feel about him it it it, it goes without saying how important he is to my career it just you can't overemphasize think about the Lawler sit anyway we've covered it. The whole Lawler deal is still amazing. Drawings of a 15-year-old put him in the business. I will never forget watching all those old classic tapes, being so excited because I didn't grow up in the era where I could, A, access Memphis TV from here, or B, old enough to do it. I mean, but the tape trading thing, I was just enamored with this studio wrestling. And I know a lot of the country saw the 605 TBS show, no arguing that, but as far as a, a regional thing, Memphis was in high regard. And a lot of that, an untold amount is Lance Russell and his fingerprints are all over it. And I'm glad we got to pay tribute to him today. Do we miss anything else? Anything else you can share with us about Lance or his you impact? Know, I just life? had a, uh, a flashback to about, or however long ago, Derek sent that. And maybe we can get and cut and paint this, Conrad. Just a thought here. Going to tip a cat to my buddy. But no, I wonder what the Meltzer obit said about Lance because of, and maybe Derek's covered, maybe that that's in that. But, you know, Dave always, uh, he recaps a lot about it. But the, the, the money that was drawn in Memphis and the consistency and, you know, the Jerry Lawler show and the spinoff and this and that, you just Lance is at the very center of all of it. I'm glad we got to do this episode. I'm damn glad it got into the rotation. Um, yeah. The life lesson that you, uh, man, Connor, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting a little scattered thought, but yeah, just how important Lance is or was and is. To Memphis wrestling. Lance Russell was the uh, subject of, uh, the obituary, of course, in the observer back in 2017. And it started like this. Lance Russell passed away on October 3rd at the age of 91. And he was the greatest host of a pro wrestling show there ever was, or ever will be. But that was secondary. Lance Russell was as much as anyone I've ever encountered a wonderful human being. To several generations in Memphis, as well as cities throughout Tennessee and Kentucky, he was not just the lead wrestling announcer on championship wrestling, but even if he didn't know him personally, or had never met him, he was like an uncle or the cool neighbor that you loved hearing tell stories about his most interesting life. Or as he got older, like another grandfather to kids that grew up watching wrestling that was for people who didn't know him to those who did, he was put succinctly quote. Lance is a very special person in the words of Dave Brown, whose life he shaped when 50 years ago, he offered him a job as a sidekick calling wrestling, 
which led to a career as the most popular television news personality in the Memphis market for decades. Perhaps the most touching graphic was a photo. I saw of Russell and Brown this week with the caption. If you grew up watching them at 11 AM, you had a good childhood. Ooh. Lance Russell was the man boys and girls go out of your way to watch some classic stuff. We'll try to link some in the description below, but we wanted to pay tribute to him because listen, we have a lot of fun on this show and I like busting uh, Jeff's balls and he likes busting mine. And we'll talk about desperate housewives and Sopranos and we'll do more of that next week. But this is a time where we're all celebrating the nostalgia of pro wrestling. That's really what our podcasts are all about. Right. And I think everybody knows that I consider Jim Ross, the voice of professional wrestling. He's the voice I grew up on. And I hear all the time that Tony Schiavone is the voice of my childhood. But for the folks who grew up in that region, no one will ever compare to Lance Russell. Just like for folks who grew up in the Carolinas, no one will ever compare to Bob Cottle. And I don't think for whatever reason that Lance Russell and Bob Cottle really get their flowers. And you weren't really in a position to spend much time with Mr. Cottle, but you were with Lance. And I'm glad that we got to celebrate his contributions a little bit here today because his contribution is more than Memphis. There's, you know, listen, we talked about it earlier about the way people make you feel. And we're all still listening to these wrestling podcasts and reading these newsletters and keeping up on social media and debating and discussing and dissecting stuff that happened 30, 40, 50 years ago, because it's what we grew up on because we loved it, but we loved it because we felt something. And Lance Russell was a big part of that. And I hope that his family and friends have a listen to this podcast and they feel like we did him justice today because I never got to meet him, but by all accounts, what a special human being who impacted wrestling in ways he may never really have fully grasped Jeff. Well, I said, Conrad, you know, uh, one of my readings that I did, I think it was Sunday morning was about in finite terms, accomplishments and medals and business that, or whatever the, I'll just say accomplishments, they come and go, but the giving of whatever it may be, that's the only thing that can last for eternity. And I know that's a heavy saying, but I think about Scott Hall, the teachable moments that we discussed last week, Lance Russell, the, 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 the nuances of, Hey man, I like to have a good time as much as anybody, but the, the, the authenticity and, and how to craft this promo or how to craft this and that. And then I hope I can share it, but it's the things that you pass down generation after generation in this industry. And that's what we are. You, that's why I'm going back to, we're in the cellars of nostalgia. Lance continually gave, uh, I mean, he did that promo at that Memphis show. It was, it was, he did it at ringside and I just, Lance was a giver. Lance was a giver of his talents in many, many ways. So that we, Good episode, man. A lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. I know it's a different slant. We're not going to poke fun. At- well, no, listen, go, go watch the old videos of old banana nose. I mean, listen, they had a lot of fun with Lance and he, he, oh, wa- he, he wants us to have a lot of fun. So they're on your Google machine. Unfortunately, we can't just direct you to the peacock network or anywhere else because well, nobody knows who owns what it's become the, the who's on first routine. But throw it in your Google machine, just Lance Russell and click videos. 
and see some of the classics in our, in our description today, I'm sure we'll have some links too, but Jeff, you need to saddle up kind sir, because you and I we're headed out West. Uh, we're going to be at stand up live. I'm sorry. We're going to be at super show live Stand Up live is right down the road for me. My apologies. We're at supershowlive.com, and it's happening this Friday, April 1st. And this is no April fools. Jeff Hardy's there. William Regal is there. Eric Bischoff is there. Jeff Jarrett is there. And we're going to have one heck of a time. Join us in person. Tickets are on sale now. Supershowlive.com. Of course, you can also join us on pay-per-view. The fight broadcast is on demand. So I don't think if you go ahead and order it, ah, I'll miss it because I want to watch whatever, watch whatever and watch this when you're ready, but we've got a trick up our sleeve that I think you're going to enjoy. Uh, it's something we've never done before. We're going to have a whole bunch of fun. We're talking this Friday, supershowlive.com and Jeff, as if that wasn't enough, you get all these shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com, including next week's show. Or we're we talking about when you go back to the USWA in 1995, you're on hiatus with the WWF. You're going to start a feud with Jesse James Armstrong and the whole Armstrong family. And you're going to be defending the Jarrett family name. And you'll be defending the USWA against smoky mountain wrestling all at the end of smoky mountain. An interesting time here because you know, 1995 is when nitro was created, but it's a year before the NWO. The WWF is still doing paint by numbers and it's not quite yet. The attitude era, you're sort of playing hokey pokey with Vince McMahon, but the home territory, well, it's not exactly setting the woods on fire. And meanwhile, Cornette has decided to put his money where his mouth is and with a little help from a famous record producer. I'm sure we'll talk about this next week. Smoky mountain became a thing. And it's an interesting time because in the Northeast, somebody else is trying to dig their heels in. Mr. Todd Gordon and Mr. Paul Heyman, 1995 is a fun time to talk about because it's sort of the story before the story. And that's what we'll be yeah. talking about next week here on the show. Right, Jeff? Well said it really is. I've already sort of taken a sneak peek at the research and looked at it. And when you sort of see the pieces of the puzzle that were already on the table in 95 at this time and in a lot of ways, just where WCW was at at the end of 95 and what was to come and why our pal over at 83 weeks, who's going to be at supershowlive.com, you know, just the pieces of the puzzle that were on the table in so many different ways. Fascinating time in the industry. Really going to be, um, and then, uh, you know, he wasn't the road dog. He's the roadie. And his first, we'll call it, and I didn't really connect this. This is his first main event run. Yes, it was on a very small stage being the territories, but this is Brian's first main events, you know, and, and his in-ring work, it was, I never had a doubt in it, but a lot of people, I, I guess, as I read the research, they're like, yeah, this was his first one. So no, it'll be fun to dive off into uh roadie. You know, what's kind of fun for me, Jeff is, uh, you know, growing up in Alabama, People make fun of Alabama nationally. You know, they think Alabama's this or that. Now you've been to Huntsville and you recognize that Huntsville, well, it's like a, a cultural island from the rest of Alabama. However, a lot of people poke fun at Alabama. But you know, one of the things I learned as a kid was at least we ain't Mississippi. You know? Because Mississippi sucks. 
their schools are up. I mean, if you want to look at the worst list of anything, Mississippi's near the top or the bottom, depending on what we're looking at. So I just sometimes really took solace in that as a kid, but now doing this show with you, you know, listen, I'm from Alabama, born and raised. I don't hear myself with an accent. Occasionally a word will slip out and I'll be like, Ooh, that sounds a little country. Are you, but, what the hell are we going down this but road? Getting for? to do this show with you and hearing you say, Brian, Sean, every week, I want to do a show where you have to say Brian and Sean over and over and over. Those are my two favorite words that you pronunciate besides e original e original will always be number one. Brian, is is that a correct enunciation? No, 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 no. Give me the double J for Brian. It's it's got like it's got an extra syllable when you do it. Brian. I mean, it's fucking wonderful. I love it. Brian and Sean. Sean. <laughs> I did Sean and Brian. So I say Sean. Sean. I mean, it's so great. I'm not I'm not even kidding around. Like oh, no, yes, no, it's endearing. Chat this is called Conrad chastises. No, it's not. Yes. I'll tell you, you know why a lot of people are listening. You've seen our shows picking up steam. I mean, you're getting, you're getting those uh, notifications of those direct deposits. We're picking up steam daddy point being, uh, uh I've, I've seen a lot of commentary that a lot of folks who live in different areas of the world, they like to listen to two old Southerners talk about wrestling. And, and I oh. think, so it's a compliment. I'm not buying it. I am not buying your flowerty. <laughs> I love it. Please just keep doing that. Flowered it up. Backhanded compliment. Dude. I just, I really love the way you print it. I'm going to need it. Our super show promise me you'll, you will say Brian and Sean. I mean, when you talk about the click, God, just over you know and over I can't wait that we should do what is see if we can't get regal to say flower. Brian and Sean. Oh God. That, that, that black pool accent. Here's what somebody had a great idea on Twitter. Maybe it was Reddit. There was just a great idea last week that said, what would be awesome is if instead of taking Gordon Ramsay to these nightmare kitchens and having him just ether these folks, what if we took William Regal to indie shows and just let him just go bananas? I think that would be money. I love it. But what would be great is if you went to, and you talked to the promoter about what a dumbass he is and how he doesn't know how to draw money. He can talk about the mechanics of the actual match, but then you guys get in the car and sort of recap and neither one of you have a fucking clue what the other one's saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need a translator. We'd have to put subtitles at the bottom. It would be so good. Oh, I can't wait. I'd seen Regal in forever. It's well, he I still looks him. the same. I saw him on TV. I saw him in, yeah, I saw him in 18 and seen him in person. I guess that was 19. So yeah, I'm excited, man. I am. Oh, Nero. He's got some fascinating WrestleMania stories. I think Jeff Hardy yeah. might be one of the most interesting people in the history of wrestling. Fascinating. Really? I mean, <laughs> truly, when you think about just the influence he had in wrestling, I mean, from a tag team wrestler to a singles performer to he's been everywhere. He's done everything up and down the card all over moved major merch mo uh, money the whole time, but did crazy daredevil stuff, but still did it for, I don't know, 30 years still doing it started as an enhancement guy and made guys like razor Ramon look like a million bucks. They requested him and he's sneaking in underage. And Oh, by the way, he's super artistic. He likes to just 
use a lawnmower and a weed eater to do designs in his grass. And then he'll paint his face up different every night. And oh, by the way, he also is a musician. Like he's a real Renaissance man in a way, when you think about it, and he's going to be there with us. Uh, don't forget you can pre-order and get that special trading card. I'm telling you, I had a friend the other day say, Hey man, what do I need to do to get 12 of these? And I'm like, okay. buddy, I, I think you need to order the pay-per-view 12 times. I don't know what to tell you. Cause they're not even giving me any, uh, but it's going to be the most collectible card around. We're talking Jeff Hardy, his first non WWE, his first non, uh, TNA card. And it is going to be available only when you pre-order at supershowlive.com or make plans to join us, Jeff, goodness sake. Conrad, this is a ask Conrad, anything quick down and dirty. Why has the market, because we exchanged the, the text on the, and I, Conrad, I'm pretty sure I know exactly where the original double J and roadie photo. Oh yeah. 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 So behind the scenes, why, why, why are the, I get nostalgia. Why are the prices the way they are? Because the hardy cause card, because there, there aren't any. It's scarcity, supply and demand. People are really, really into collectibles. So what happened over the weekend is great friend of the show, Andrew Keller, who has a, a, a little Facebook group where he does auctions and whatnot. He's been a friend of mine for many years. He posted a, an eight by 10 of double J and the roadie. And it's the one where you're dressed up like a fucking goof. And you've got the intercontinental title on the glasses and the hat Thank full you. gimmick Jones. Thank you. You're welcome. Why? The outfit was white. Why? There you go. I'm going to, I'm going to take a shire. I'll be back in about an hour anyway. Uh, and then there's Brian, Brian, he's dressed also like a goof, got the glasses on, got the hat on leaning back, doing all this funny man. It's, it's a hilarious looking photo, but apparently it was pretty limited. Cause I guess in, in hindsight, you guys didn't have a super long run. So how many of those could they have possibly needed or printed? And so I load of them, but go ahead. I, don't I saw you. one sell. This is a printed eight by 10 unsigned, but it is, a, is, it is original as Jeff would say. So it's not yep, a reprint it yep. and it sold for 225 bucks in short order. And I saw that and I said, Jeff, hypothetically, you got any of these? And you said, yeah, I got a box of them somewhere. Now I'm not putting any pressure on you, but hypothetically, if you strut ass through WrestleCon this weekend, <laughs> hypothetically, you might be able to pick up signatures on that hypothetically. Yep. Cause Jeff, whatever's in that warehouse, this elusive warehouse, you've been telling me about for a freaking year. <laughs> I, I just want to see inside what's going on in there. I mean, look at these empty spots behind me. I, I'm missing some boots. I loaned to WWE Vader's boots and dusty's boots. I mean, you ain't got them back. Well, no, they're, they're showing them for access buddy. Oh, okay. My point is look at my empty spots. I got a buddy who's got a whole warehouse full of them. And you're like, no. You want a pair of boots, Conrad? I just want to show them off. I'm not going to sell them. You can have them back, but it's a backdrop. It's a prop. You should have some behind you too. I've got my championship titles. I, I love that. You're just leaning into it. Now keep doing it. For, <laughs> this is going to get you movie role work, dude. Oh, as, as uh, young I, rock understudy. I really uh, hope you beat the shit out of somebody in GCW. I don't know. Maybe it's that good for nothing piece of trash Effie that you taught a lesson at Hammerstein, but I hope, yeah. I hope you take whatever. I don't that's know if over. he has some sort that's of over. That's over. Well, I know it's over. You got it over. Didn't you? Anyway, <laughs> you need to get the GCW title. I want to see that GCW title behind you and put it next to big gold in the dome globe. 
Oh, just take me on the intercontinental. Here's the GC dub. There you go. These okay. are my titles. Titles. Yeah. See if Brian or Sean want to see if they can get one from. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to quit thinking about that tonight. It you. just tickles me. Brian and Sean. It, I'm I, it, in, inside. I'm just crumbling. I'm like, God almighty. I, I know. I got no, I say, listen, I say it too. I have weird words. I can't. Here's a pro tip. You know, you know what Mr. Perfect's real name was, right? Kurt, what? Henning. Can't say it. Hennig. 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 I say Henning. It's Hennig. It's H E N N I G. I always put an I N G and I can't make Hennig. myself stop. Kurt Hennig. I can't do it. So listen, we've all got words that are like big booty Judy, you know, Cassio's wife. <laughs> she can't say rural. So like you or I live in a suburban area, uh, our buddy, Brad Miser, friend of the shows, he, he lives Girl. in an urban area, but your dad's mansion back in the day, it was as Judy would say, she struggles with rural buddy. Oh, and, uh, and, and, and Dave Silva, or as you call him elephant door, uh, his wife. She can't say the word bag, anything with a G at the end. She struggles with it. So she'll say, um, no way. Do you want me to put it in your big? <laughs> There's a Y at big. It's, it's totally normal. She'll be like, hey, we went to dinner the other night. We were at Ruth's Chris. It was wonderful. Dave had the tomahawk. Of course he couldn't finish it, uh, but the sides were wonderful. And I had the steak and shrimp. It was fantastic. And then. Of course, you know, Dave, he wasn't going to let that tomahawk bone go to waste. He wanted to take it home to Kobe, uh, to, uh, to uh, whatever his stupid dog's name is. So, or Toby. So he, uh, he made sure he got a doggy big and you're like, wait a minute. What happened right there? What did you just say? Doggy oh, big, big. And so then you hit me with your Brian Sean just gets all over me. It does get all over you, but. I love it. Please say it more next week. We're going to talk a lot about Jesse, or Jesse James Armstrong or whatever his That's name was. Pro dog, Brian I, Gerard James. I need you next week to just promise me. You won't say any gimmick names. Just hit Brian over and over. Brian. Yes. That's perfect. That, that's awful. Makes, that's, just me hearing that is awful. I love it. Makes me happy. I, it doesn't make it. It makes people click off. No, they love it because the, because they're like, look at these fucking assholes. They've clearly had some yes. success in their life. Look at their backdrops. They can't even fucking speak English. We're giving people hope. We're not ESL. We're no SL. We don't, we speak one language and we don't even do that one. Oh, Conrad, Conrad, Conrad. All this Conrad. and more coming up next week. We're going to have a lot of fun. Thanks for humoring me today, Jeff. I know it was a bit of a, a different show for us, you know, it but was. We wanted to pay tribute to a guy who, uh, well, he's worthy. So throw in your Google machine, boys and girls, Lance Russell, just hit videos, go relive some of the great memories and get a whole new appreciation for, uh, really one of the biggest contributors to wrestling, not just for what he did behind the microphone, but the way he made people feel and the opportunities that he gave people like Jerry Lawler. And let that be a lesson to all of us, uh, to be kinder, yep. give people an opportunity. And man, just keep trying. Cause what if Jerry Lawler hadn't sent those drawings in Lance Russell didn't ask him to nobody offered to pay him for it. It was just, Hey man, why don't you? And what do you know? Next thing you know, he's the King of Memphis and it wouldn't have happened without the belief in one guy, one guy gave him an opportunity. And when that yep. door just barely cracked open, 
Lawler kicked it in and became the biggest star in the territory and took over and made your dad a millionaire and himself in the process. And a lot of that wouldn't have happened. Most of it wouldn't have happened without Lance Russell. So shout out to Lance and his family. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Hope you'll tune in on Friday, supershowlive.com. Get your tickets, get your pay-per-views and buddy. I don't know when we're going to announce it, but I would guess within the next 30 days or less, you and I probably mm. going to take the internet, put it in our back pocket. What do you think? <laughs> I'm ready. Conrad. I literally cannot wait. 2022. I've thought a lot about it. I mean, I got you so hyped up. You were texting me at 11 and people who really know Jeff knows that when the sun goes down, his head hits the pillow. He's up with the chickens, but you were up fired up about it, man. Oh, Conrad. And then I text you that next day. And I said, did we have a dream? (laughs) (laughs) It is going to be fun. It's really going to be fun where the industry sits in 2022 is fascinating. And I just want to say in a loud and clear voice, we are definitely not starting a wrestling promotion. We'll see you guys next week, right here on my world. Peace. Thank you, sir. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round together. It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.